Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. I have no worry about going on a football field and knowing that I'm not playing for my work or saying if I have to play under because that's this is my leverage my leverage is i have to say you to the giants i say to my teammates and be like you want me to show you my worth you want to show you how much how valuable i am to the team i won't show up i won't play it down and that's a that's a that's a that's a play i can use do i anybody knows me knows that's not something i want to do but like it's something that has it something that crossed my mind it's like i never i never thought i would ever do that but like now i'm at a point where it's like Jesus, like, I, I might have to take it to this level. And, like, am I willing, am I prepared to take it to the level? I don't know. Six, Aquan Barkley said just a couple of days ago, I'm prepared to say F you to my teammates, F you to the Giants, F you to the fans. It's rough. And $1 million. Turn that all around. Franchise tag of $10 million, F you, I ain't playing. One-year deal, $11 million, about 900000 in incentives. Here I come. <laughs> now, Barkley will be at camp, and instead of wondering... When he'll come, if he'll be healthy week one against Dallas when the Giants open their preseason Friday night, August 11th, the same night my movie, Inside Man, comes out, Saquon Barkley will be there. So we got a big guest list coming up, Curtis Sliwa, Rich Lowry, Peter King, Phil Boyle, Liz Pipko live in studio. But we start with this Barkley story with a guy that has covered the NFL forever, and really a great giant guy. In fact, his brand-new book is out about the 86 Giants. Once a Giant, a story of victory, tragedy, and life after football. One of my favorites, former New York Daily News writer Gary Myers. Gary, good uh, Wednesday morning, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, the, the book actually comes out September 12th, but people can pre-order it now on Amazon. And I appreciate the plug. And, and starting off with Bill Bottom Blues, I mean... What a way to start a day with Eric Clapton, huh? <laughs> yeah. Now you know why we're number one. It's not just what I say. It's the music that Lou plays. It's great guests like you. It's all the stories that we cover, sports, <laughs> politics, news. This is the only place to be every morning, Gary. We're glad you're here with us this morning. Uh, we'll get to the uh, the Barkley thing, but your book comes out September the 12th. It is about the 86 Giants. Last time you were here, you said there were about five players on that team, about five that you look at or talk about in this book that have really fallen on hard times. I tried to guess them. I threw Byron Hunt out there and others, and I was incorrect. But just to kind of give folks a taste of what's in this book, besides that incredible season, which consisted of 14 regular season wins and eventually a Phil Simms big win over John Elway and the Broncos in Pasadena, what is this book basically about? Well, I mean, I've always been intrigued, uh, or at least, you know, for the last decade or so about life after football um, for these, for these guys who played in the 1980s and early 1990s, you hear about CTE, but it goes much you know deeper and further than that. The emotional issues, the mental health issues, the physical issues, financial issues. 
And uh, I also always wanted to do a book that was New York-centric, and this is my sixth book, and the first one that's really about a New York team. So the 86 Giants, Sid is a lifelong Giant fan. You know that that's the team. Uh, uh, that that is, uh, of the four Super Bowl teams, two for Eli Manning, the Hostetler team that beat the Bills, that 86 Giant team to this day for me, still my favorite Giant team ever. Absolutely, because it was the first, and it ended a 30-year drought of not winning the championship, and that's the team that's romanticized about. So I figured they'd be the perfect team for me to you know, take a look back and, and see how they're doing. And um, I write about half the book about what a, how the team became a brotherhood and, uh, and how they bonded uh, through the championship season and how that brotherhood has been sustained for more than 35 years, and actually they've become each other's support group as they've grown older and, and faced the challenges that, you know, playing such a violent collision sport, uh, all, the, all the ramifications of, of putting your body through that. And Sid, the greatest compliment I've gotten before from people who have read it is that it's a football version of Boys of Summer, which to me is wow. one of the great sports books yes. of all time. Yes. If I can come anywhere close to that, I mean, I'll be thrilled, but I'm really excited for this book to come out. I think people are going to be really just blown away mm. by what's happened to some of the players that they just idolized and really haven't heard a lot about uh, in recent years. Yeah, I'm still very close, as you know, as you are with Bill Sims and Lawrence Taylor, who lives in Miami. But uh, you're right. There's a lot of names that helped that team win the championship that year that we don't hear a lot about once again, the book is Once a Giant, a story of victory, tragedy, and life after football. But the big news today for the Giants is 26 Barkley uh, is in camp. He signs the deal. You heard what he said last week. It sounded like they were miles apart. He's not the type of guy to curse out people, and he was doing it last week. So to me, to me, Barkley gets $11 million. He's got to be happy. But this is a huge win for the Giants and shows these players that Shane and Dable and the ownership group, Mara, uh, don't mess with them because if they want to get something done, they're going to get it done. To me, Gary Myers, big win for the Giants. Yeah, it is, but um, I also question this. What is Barkley's mindset going to be? Is is he feel that he really settled here and had his arm twisted and was a victim of the system? When, in my mind, until this happened yesterday, it was a lose-lose for both parties that the Giants were going to be inundated with Barkley questions all summer. And I, th- I think that Saquon uh, maybe got some bad advice or, or just made up a decision as himself that I didn't think was great by turning down what appeared to be the most recent offer of about $23 million, um guaranteed over a three-year period. Because Sid, he's going to have to do what he did last year to make $23 million over the next couple of years. I mean, if he has a great year this year, uh, the Giants will probably franchise him again next year, and the franchise number is $12 million. I would hope, for so they both don't have to go through this again, that if Saquon shows that, you know, if he's getting better with age like our buddy Tiki did, and then he can stay injury-free, that yeah. they work out a long-term deal before he would. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know Tiki's in his ear, uh, the great number 21, who now – Co-host the afternoon show, my friend Craig Carton left alongside Evan Roberts at FAN. Tiki's in his ear. Uh, but but Barkley, a victim of the NFL. This is a pass-happy league. Running backs don't don't get a lot of respect. Uh, he had a big year last year. 
This just happened. Jacobs had a monster year in Las Vegas. He didn't get any big money. Ezekiel Elliott, all those years in Dallas, he needs a job. So right now, the running back position, I mean, you look at Barkley, he got $11 million. He's making about a quarter of what Daniel Jones is going to make to play quarterback for the Giants this year. Yeah, and we know that Barkley um, uh, is a Giants best player. He's the face of the franchise. He's the leader in the locker room, but he plays a position that's wait, wait, you, you think you, you think he's the face of the franchise after Daniel Jones has got $150 million? Absolutely. Um, I, I really, You know, the quarterback needs to be the best player on the team. But right now, I'd say the running back is the best player on the team, and he's been here longer and been more successful. I'm talking about Barkley. Um, Sid, what's happened to running backs is I point to two contracts. One is Todd Gurley with the Rams, and the other is Zeke Elliott. Neither stood the test of time. Um, the other thing is the CBA really isn't very um, uh, friendly to first-round running backs who signed four-year contracts that can get hit with a fifth-year option and then the franchise tag, when a lot of running backs are fortunate to even make it to their second contract. So, you know, it's a position that does not have a lot of longevity. The average career length for everybody is 3.3 years. <laughs> and, um, you know, for a running back to get to a sixth year like Barkley has had, you know, it takes some doing. And, you know, realistically, he's had – Two great seasons, his first year and his and his fifth year. In the middle was a bunch of injuries. Yeah, yeah. And so the Giants are saying, you know, how much are we going to commit to a guy who's now going into a sixth year that's had a lot of injuries when the position has been proven you can find guys after the first round and yeah. find a guy in the third round. I mean, Tiki was a second-round pick right. that can lead your team. And if, if you look at the – say, the last 10 or 12 Super Bowl champions, there really hasn't been somebody you would call a dominant running back. No, no. So this is just a trend now, right? Right. It's all the quarterbacks. Right. Now Pat Mahomes throws for 5,000 yards, and, you know, everybody throws. I mean, that's what it comes down to. But there is still still a healthy percentage of Giant fans who believe that even after giving Daniel Jones all that money – and the defense looks like it's going to be pretty good, and maybe this guy Campbell at wide receiver, and the new kid from Tennessee turns out to be very good, that to improve on what they did last year, which is a playoff win and then a playoff blowout loss to the Eagles, they needed Barkley, that he was the key. Do you agree? I think in order to have a, you know, a bound, I think they're going to throw the ball more this year than uh, they have in the past because their skill position players are better, but I, I'm still, still a little bit old school where I think you've got to, you know, run to win, especially when the weather gets bad um, in December and, and in January. And, you know, you're right. It has become a passing league. If you look at every rule change that's been made over the last 15 years, it was to – it was advantage uh, passing game. The league wanted more points up there. The quarterbacks are the stars. It's almost um, coaching malpractice to a certain extent to not have a dynamic passing game because it's much easier to, to run the, to throw the ball rather than to run it because the, if a defensive back so much as breathes, breathes on a wide receiver, he can sit with a penalty flag. Right. right. But I, I still think um, the value of Barkley to this team with a developing passing game uh, is still monumental and. Um, they would have a tough time winning without him. But, but Sid, I think over the next five weeks, the most important thing is after 
uh, Dable and Shane speak today, and then Saquon speaks for the first time, and his teammates get to answer, you know, how great it is to have him back. Uh, if it wasn't for this contract, it would have been the dominant question every day until he walked through the door, which probably would have been the Wednesday before the season opener. By by getting this done, they removed yeah, a tremendous distraction. Yeah, and agreed. just oh, remember one other thing: the nine hundred thousand dollars in incentives that he that he has a chance to get, which is between uh, rushing yards, uh, catches, and touchdowns. Each one is about three hundred thousand dollars, and the level that he has to reach. But it comes along with the Giants also having to make the playoffs. So Ooh. he's got to have a career year, and the Giants have to make the playoffs. Wow make this money above and beyond the franchise. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on number 26. So, Gary, as we wrap up this uh, great conversation, you and I will talk um, maybe weekly during the NFL season. Your book is coming out September the 12th. Uh, the Hall of Fame game is next Thursday. We're eight days away from our first preseason football game of the summer of 2023. It's the same matchup as the very first ever Monday night football game when Joe That's Namath right. and the Jets took on the Cleveland Browns. That's right. So the Jets have not one but two guys going into the Hall of Fame in Canton next Saturday, one being Darrell Revis, the other, in my opinion, including Joe Namath, the greatest New York Jet ever, and that's Joe Klecko. I had Klecko on this show yesterday, and I talked to Klecko about the honor going into the Hall of Fame, and lo and behold, unprovoked, who does he mention? You. Take a listen. And I finally got an advocate in a room with Gary Myers. Gary threw his thick and thin with the whole thing. Gary you know, created, you know, scenarios to, for the uh, for the voters. And, and he actually created a Zoom call with Hall of Fame guys I played against and so forth. And, it, you know, it, it kind of – the push that Gary made for me was big enough mm. to put me over the hump. There you have it. Soon to be Hall of Famer Joe Klecko just yesterday morning on this show thanking you for the final push getting him into the Hall of Fame. Well, first thing I want to say is, do you remember Homer Jones yes. returning a wide receiver a touchdown yes. in that in that game against the Jets? Yes, he played for the Browns. Uh, That's right. He was one of my favorite players as a kid. But um, I, listen, it was it was my pleasure to advocate for Joe uh, as a senior candidate. I have one of the I'm one of the twelve voters. I'm part of the large committee of fifty, but we have these subcommittees, and I. It was mind-boggling to me how Joe made it through the modern era process, and I wasn't on the committee at that time, how he made it through that process for 20 years without getting elected. I know that Paul Zimmerman, you know, the late, great Paul Zimmerman, was a huge advocate for Joe. He mentioned him too, yes. Yeah, so I'm really surprised that that Paul wasn't able to do it. Um, I I got some traction going a couple years ago and then uh, had players get on a Zoom call to – talk about Joe. I, you know, I talked to Anthony Munoz and, and John Hanna, Dwight Stevenson um, to talk about Joe yep. that I presented. I'm just so happy for Joe and his family. Um, I, I've told Joe many times, you know, he's going to be 70 years old, but, you know, physically he's been beat up with lots of surgeries, but mentally he's still all there. And hopefully he's got 40 years left to enjoy this the rest mm. of his life. Yep. And um, yep. it's, I, I got to tell you one funny story. I was going to have John Hanna on the that, that Zoom call that I had, and he lives on a, and he tends to a ranch in Alabama. 
And he's so reliable and such a great guy and the best guard who ever played. And he missed a call. And he called me like 10 minutes later. I said, John, what happened to you? I was counting on you. He goes, man, I was just getting ready to call into the Zoom. And one of my cows got away, and I was chasing him down the the ranch. <laughs> he got onto a road. And he wow. Was chasing him. That's funny. I said, you know what? I'll accept that. It yeah. sounds like a bunch of bull, but coming from you, no. I lose. <laughs> That's quite a visual Hall of Fame New England Patriot offensive lineman John Hanna chasing a cow on a ranch. It's quite a visual. <laughs> hey, Gary, thank you for this uh, great uh, conversation. Again, the book is Once a Giant, A Story of Victory, Tragedy, and Life After Football. We'll talk again very, very soon. Great job. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure, Sid. Have a great day. You too. Gary Myers.